Hey guys, welcome to episode 14 of Vibing in Valentino. So this week I have been reading Super Attractor by Gabriel Bernstein and it's a really good book. It's all about um, elevating your vibrations and energy and frequency to attract more positive high vibe things into your life. Kind of like the law of attraction. A little bit like it's very manifesting and stuff but I don't think it actually says the terms law of attraction in the book directly but it's like the basis of what law of attraction is based on if you guys are interested in learning about that kind of stuff a little bit more new age I know it's not for everybody but this book is really good it gives you little practical things you can do you know little guided meditations and stuff so i highly recommend it if you guys are into that kind of thing before we get into our conversation with our guest of the week i just want to remind you that you guys can go pick up my eight-week workout plan it's very at home quarantine friendly if you guys want to book a one-hour consultation with me for you know any fitness nutrition related advice coaching call you guys can do that at my website, vibinginvalentino.com. And if you guys are bored, you guys can go take a look around, learn a little bit more about me, and also drop me a line and say hi. I would love to hear from you. All right, let's get right into our conversation. Our guest this week is the founder of a matchmaking company, 3 Day Rule. First, she turned her ability and passion for matchmaking into a thriving business. Then she grew her business to nine major cities with over 50 employees. Here to tell us all about how she does it and to dish out some dating advice is Talia Goldstein. Talia, welcome to Vibing in Valentino. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How you got started? All the good stuff. So I grew up in Orange County, California, and I went to school in New Orleans at Tulane University. After I moved back to L.A. and I worked in television for about 10 years. So I worked on the show Behind the Music and also E! True Hollywood Story. And while I was at E!, everybody around me was single. Mm -hmm. And I was just matching people for fun, just pairing up people who I think would never normally have met on their own. And I realized I had this weird talent. Uh And so I ultimately quit my job and became a matchmaker. This is so crazy. She worked at VH1 and E. Like, how does somebody go from that to building their own company? Yeah, it it was quite the journey and not at all what I imagined would happen. Mm -hmm. It was just something I was doing for fun. It didn't even cross my mind that it could be a job. I was just sitting in my cubicle and people would come up and I'd give relationship advice. And then (laughs) word got out and soon other departments were coming by. At E, we had Style. That was another... TV channel and G4, those were the channels at the time, and their departments were coming by and asking me for advice. They were turning to me for some reason, and then I was matching up these couples that were just pretty odd pairings, Mm -hmm. and so I began hosting events just so I could pair my coworkers and my friends together, again, just a passion project, and they became pretty popular around Los Angeles, so the first one had 20 people. The next one had 300. Oh, my God. And then we were hosting parties for 600 people at these massive hotels in L.A. And it wasn't until there was an event at the London West Hollywood where we took over the entire roof. We had 600 attractive, interesting, successful people that I realized, wait a second. I think there's something missing in the market. Why are these people paying to come to my singles party? Mm -hmm. 
And so that's when I decided to quit my job. But who was funding the party if it was for 600 people? Can I ask? Yeah, no, nobody, because these people were actually paying to come to the events. So I would get a sponsor. Someone would you know, bring some alcohol and some food. But they were actually paying to come to the events, which is why I realized there was something. It wasn't they were just coming to a cool party. Like They actually genuinely were paying to meet other like-minded people. Oh my God. Okay, wait, we're going to go back into the dating and nitty gritty in a little bit, but what was the scariest thing about making that leap into being an employee to an employer? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was definitely a scary transition. I had an incredible job as a television producer for E! And then I left my job with zero salary. So I think that part was the scariest. It was taking the leap of faith and just not knowing if you were going to get a paycheck. But what I did ahead of time was while I was at E, I took a few clients. So I really wanted to make sure that someone would actually pay me to be a matchmaker before I took the leap of faith. And I was able to get some clients relatively easily. And then when I noticed that my clients were referring other clients, so I would set up a couple successfully and they would tell 10 friends and then I had 10 new clients. So I had to go through that process before I felt comfortable leaving my job. I think that there's always like a like a good sense of I guess nervousness of starting your own thing. It's like good fear, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always I had a business partner at the time and I would always say hard work is the easiest part. I know that I can work my ass off. That right. part to me is easy. It's everything else like the unknown, but I always knew that I would hustle, I would work around the clock, I would yeah. make it happen. Yeah. So to me, that that was so natural. Yeah. How did you come up with the name for your business? So what's the three-day rule? It's from a movie that is now so old. It's from this movie, Swingers. Okay. And in the movie, there was a three-day rule. Wait, where- with uh, Vince Vaughn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody even knows the movie anymore. <laughs> but it's this old, stupid rule that guys used to wait three days to call a girl after getting her phone number so he didn't seem too desperate. I hate that. <laughs> Nobody does I it anymore. <laughs> Now it's like a two-hour rule. (laughs) What is the difference, you would say, between three-day rule and other matchmaking options that people have? Mm -hmm. So maybe like either online or like an in-person, you know, business like you guys. Mm -hmm. We're drastically different from online because we're in person. So I like to look, I like to think of ourselves as a VIP layer above the online dating site. Mm -hmm. So we do everything face to face. So somebody signs up through three day rule, they're assigned a matchmaker, they meet that matchmaker for coffee or over a FaceTime if they're not local, and we get to know them face to face. And if they move on to become a client, we go through our system and we find all the people who could be potential matches for them. Mm -hmm. And then we interview them. So we're essentially going on your bad first dates for you. And we're only sending you the best ones. So I love it's that. Highly curated and tailored to what you're looking for. So the clients, they work with a matchmaker. They have a separate dating strategist, mm-hmm. which is kind of like therapy, but all love related. And we do a photo shoot. So we have brand new pictures. Oh, I love that. Because you never want to get catfished with an old picture. <laughs> you do not. <laughs> so we we are we make sure you don't get catfished. We talk to the we basically we set up a couple. They go on the date and after we get feedback from both sides. So we're learning what are you like on a date Mm -hmm. and how can we help you improve. And then you're also telling us what you like and what you don't like so we can learn about you over time. Because it can be an iterative process where you come and say, I want X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately you get married to someone a little bit different. But we have to go on a journey with you to really figure out who you should be with. Yeah. So, okay, this is going to sound funny because... 
Um, do you, like all your staff members, do they get set up on dates from other staff members too? <laughs> we have a pretty strict no dating policy. Okay. So we have a team of about 50 women and yeah. they are not allowed to dip into our pool. Okay. So it's separating work from personal life, but I'm sure they like pick up on like tips and tricks and stuff they like learn that. They so much. Yeah. I definitely have noticed a trend that a lot of the matchmakers who come to work with us uh-huh. either get engaged right away. They realize the person they're with is the person for them. Yeah. Or pretty early on, they break up, and, and then, then they end up find, finding someone else and getting married. So it's a, it is a trend that I've noticed that uh, I think they learn so much about love and yeah. about themselves by working with other singles. Yeah, I feel like I would be like, babe, you are it. <laughs> it's a mess out there. I've now been married almost 10 years, and it really makes me appreciate my husband. <laughs> Love you so much. Thank you for not being psychotic. <laughs> Don't. Thank you for being just a regular, nice, good guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you said that when you first started throwing these parties, right, a bunch of people came. You felt like there was something missing in the dating scene. What has been your biggest complaint you've heard from clients about the dating, the modern-day dating scene? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say when I started, it was 10 years ago, so mm-hmm. we didn't even have the apps. At oh, the time, God. it was just the major dating sites like yeah. eHarmony and Match, and then the millionaire matchmaker who was charging a ton of money. So there was nothing in between. Mm-hmm. Then while I was running the business, the apps came out, and so I've been able to see the entire journey of you know people getting so excited about them, but now they are so burnt out. I think the main issue is accountability that people are no longer accountable. So you go on a date with someone and you don't like them, they're out, they're ghosting you, and you're not actually having a conversation about it where the way that we used to. So I think the apps are great because you have access to millions of people you wouldn't otherwise meet, but they are also so challenging because everybody's looking for something different. You might be on the app looking for marriage and you're going on a date with someone who just wants a fling. And then also people are just not accountable anymore. So it's made dating so frustrating and challenging. Yeah, I think the apps and especially I think with Instagram, I meet so many people off of DMs. It's like the worst kind of people. You know, it's like not even apps. Like I'm never on a dating app, but I just feel like like Instagram in itself has become like a fake dating app Mm -hmm. with the way people like reach out to each other and it's almost too convenient to meet people, but at mm-hmm. the same time, it's so convenient to meet low-quality people. Right. It's yeah. an ego boost for a lot of people. A lot of people are just swipe, swiping. I mean, you think about it. You are judging somebody in one second. It's crazy. I'm so convinced that people are swiping past their soulmates because you're looking at one photo and you're deciding, is this the love of my life? So Instagram's the same way. You're judging yeah. who this person is based off of a few photos, and that's really not who you are at the core. Right, right. And there's so many different, um, like, facets to a person that uh, obviously a picture or a video won't show. So it's it's hard. It's hard. So yeah. we, we're getting to know the actual person. We have a 360 view of who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, not only what they look like because we're seeing them in person, but – what are their core values? What's yeah. going to matter to them in 20 years? Where did they come from? What are their goals? 
So by the time we sent you up on a date, we've already taken care of all the hard questions. And your job is just to figure out if there's chemistry. Yeah. Do you guys do like background checks and stuff like that? We don't do formal background checks, but okay. we do like a full Google check and we're vetting them in person. And we're getting a lot more information than you are if you're meeting someone online or in the real world mm. on your own. Yeah. It's better than, I mean, we, I, I suggest to all of my friends to Google Definitely. Yeah, who it is they're talking to. So you agree, right? You don't think that it ruins, like, the mystery behind it all? I have mixed feelings about it, actually. I jumped too soon. We Google them before we set them up (laughs) on a date, just so we can have some information. But I think when you are going on the date, if you're set up by a friend or a matchmaker, you should just go. Okay. And go in with an open mind and an open heart and be willing to be surprised and just try to have fun. When you have too much information about the person... You make judgments about them mm-hmm. too quickly. Yeah. And I think it it can, it can kind of ruin the romantic chemistry if you know too much about the person. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's and then it's hard to pretend like you don't already know. Like certain right. things. Like when you've seen 100 <laughs> photos of their ex-girlfriend, you know, you can't erase that from yeah. your mind. <laughs> you're like, oh, like your ex was a brunette. I'm like, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know you're taking me to Mammoth, but I know that you I also know. took your ex-girlfriend to there Mammoth, so now it's not as special. <laughs> right, right. I, like, cannot help myself. I, like, will always Google. I don't know what it is. It's like a compulsion. <laughs> I know. It's not the worst thing in the world, as long as you can go in still with an open mind. Mm-hmm. You guys, speaking of apps, you guys are partnered with some of the biggest dating apps in the entire world. Why do you think people are turning to online resources so much more now than maybe a few years ago? Like, because, I mean, the online world has been around for forever. You think about MySpace and Facebook and all this stuff. But now it's like, it just seems like everybody, like, goes online for everything. I think it's a couple reasons. I think we've lost the art of communicating in person. Okay. I think that... It used to be what we did. We went to a bar. We met somebody in line at Starbucks. Now people are so attached to their phone that they actually don't know how to approach someone anymore. I also think it's so much easier, especially for men, to swipe than to approach somebody in person. So why take the risk of going up and talking to somebody when they can just look at their phone and swipe? Yeah. So because of this, I am actually a big believer that the women should be more proactive You think so? Yes, I do. I think that we're missing a lot of opportunities if we don't approach a guy that we think is cute. So if you see someone online or if you see someone at an event and you think he's cute, I think you should go and make the first move just to show interest. And then he can reciprocate. Okay. But I think guys have become a little bit lazy due to the apps. See, I am... So terrible at making the first move. I have never in my like 27 years of life made the first move. I don't know how. It's not, you don't even have to ask them out. It's about just striking up conversation and showing interest so that they know, okay, this person is interested in me and now I can ask them out. So wherever you are, let's say you're at a party and you're talking about podcasts, you know, (laughs) just say like, oh, you should, you know, text me your favorite podcast. I would love to chat more about it or Uh, something. So they know that they can reach out to you. Yes, just being like a normal, friendly human being. Exactly. (laughs) Which surprisingly (laughs) doesn't happen often. I feel like, yeah, definitely with guys, I think rejection hurts a lot less when it's a swipe and they don't get a flight back, you know, Mm -hmm. rather than like being all up in your face and then. Yeah, there are guys out there that have robots that just swipe right. They don't even look at the person. They're just because 
they will take any opportunity with any girl who says yes. Oh, so God. they're just swiping right on everyone. Okay, how can you tell when you're vetting quality from not quality? Mm-hmm. I mean, we ask a ton of questions. Okay. Starting from their childhood. I mean, oh, we really? go way back. Like, tell us about your parents. <laughs> All the and traumas. What are they like? Yeah, we need to know who they are as a person. So we start from the very beginning. We ask a ton of questions. This is what we do for a living. Mm-hmm. We're just interviewing thousands of singles. Yeah. So at this point, you know, our intuition is really strong and we can see what some of the red flags are. Yeah. People also have no reason to lie to us because... They're telling us what they're looking for, and we yeah. will find them what they're looking for. So they're not going to pretend to want something that they don't really want yeah. because they want matches that um, are what they're looking for, if that makes yeah. sense. So no one will come to us and say, like, yes, I want marriage in the next six months if they really don't want that. Right. So we spend a lot of time with them getting to know them, but also we're trained to, to figure out what they're saying versus what they mean. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people will say certain things. But actually, that's not really what they mean. Or they'll ask for certain qualities. And on surface level, sounds it sounds great. like one thing. Yeah. But really, <laughs> what they're asking for is something totally different. So uh-huh. our job is to read between the lines and figure out what they're saying versus what they actually mean. Can you give us an example? Sure. So oftentimes, women, for example, will say, I want a guy that makes X amount of dollars. They'll mm-hmm. have an actual dollar figure. So we're trying to figure out why, why, what, what is the reason behind that? Oftentimes it's because they just want stability. They want to make sure that if they end up having a family and they want to stay at home, that their family's stable. So that doesn't necessarily mean they have to make a certain amount of money. It just Mm -hmm. means that you're looking for someone financially stable who could potentially take care of you if you ultimately decided not to work. Yeah. So it could come in many different forms. You could have someone that makes a ton of money, but they don't take care of their money. And so- Exactly. Anyways, they're asking for something so specific, but really what they mean is something else. Yeah. If I were to sit down with you, I would probably be the type to say, like, I need, like, financial stability in any of my matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a very fair thing to ask for. Yeah. So but it's not an uncommon thing that you hear? Not at all. Okay. We we have men and women. We, I'll say this. Okay. Men usually come looking for a handful of things. Okay. And women coming come looking for... A hundred things. <laughs> really. Okay. They have a very yeah. long laundry list. Our job is to figure out, okay, what are your three must-haves? What are the non-negotiables? Mm-hmm. Where no one would even pass the test okay. unless they met these three things. And oftentimes for women, financial stability is in that top three. Yeah. I was with the guy. I feel like I did my part in trying to build you into like somebody more stable and then at a certain point, it has to pay off for me, and it just didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so after that, I was like, okay, like, we're going to <laughs> readjust my criteria. <laughs> right. I mean, priorities change over time. What yeah. you're looking for when you're 20 might not be what you're looking for when you're 27. Yeah. What are the common things that guys ask for then? Usually they want someone they're attracted to. Okay. Someone warm and nurturing. Okay. And someone passionate about something, but they don't care what it is. So mm. it can be podcasts, yoga, their career, yeah. animals. They just want their partner to be excited about something. Yeah. Other than them, because then that's, you know. Right, then they're not somebody. needy. Yeah. What is your thought on, like, the ghosting culture of today? Because we did allude to it earlier with all the apps and stuff. Mm-hmm. But what is the ghosting rate, we would say, between clients as compared to real life 
without yeah. your assistance. I mean, it is drastically different because with us, they're held accountable. Yeah. They go on the date and then after they have to provide feedback mm. to us. So mm-hmm. we're, we know exactly what's happening on a date. So in the okay. real world, you might get ghosted and you have no idea why. Well, yeah. we know exactly why. Yeah. Because we're understanding what happened on the date. In general, with ghosting culture, it's awful. I think you're so much better off sending a text to say that it didn't feel like a romantic chemistry and you really wish them the best of luck and having closure than completely ghosting. Then you have a million questions. Oh, I think they're just busy at work. He's Mm going to respond to me. And it's so unfair to the other person. You're so much better off just sending a quick text so they know. Yeah. And I feel like... I don't know if it's because I'm a girl, but I feel like guys ghost more than girls do. But I have also been guilty of ghosting people. Uh-huh. And it's just, <laughs> it's just like I I think you take for granted like I didn't feel shit. So like clearly you didn't feel shit. But it yes. could not be the case, right? I can't tell you how many times we set people up on dates and they have two different stories. Somebody comes back and says it was the best date of their life. The other it one was, like, and the other one's like, no. all right, didn't feel a spark, wasn't attracted. And they had two different experiences. Yeah. So in the real world, imagine right? how many people are bummed out. You might think that there was not a mutual spark where yeah. really the other person was madly in love with you. <laughs> you just couldn't tell. Exactly. Yeah. Honestly, oftentimes we're bridging the gap between two people who liked each other and didn't know. So we're setting people uh. up. And they might come back, maybe the guy comes back and says, I really liked her, but I don't think she was interested. But actually, she was interested. She was just guarded. So there's a lot of miscommunication happening on dates. When you're working with us, we're able to see clearly what's going on, and we can suggest a second date. Got it. So you guys do provide, like, feedback. So Tons. What do you say? We would ask for specifics. We would get some information about the date so we can give you some tangible feedback. Okay. Okay. To like improve whatever. Exactly. Okay. And we would really only give you feedback that can help you improve. So we won't go back and say, sorry, he wasn't attracted to you. (laughs) Okay. That's not something that you can help. But we might come back and say, you know what? He really enjoyed the date, but it sounds like you talked so much about your ex-boyfriend that that turned him off. Or some tangible feedback about the date. Like, we just had a guy client. He's, like, a celebrity. Mm -hmm. Tall, gorgeous, like, an actual famous person. Uh Every date he was going on, the women were coming back and saying, I liked him, but it was really hard to read. And what we figured out was at the end of the date, he was shaking their hands. Because he (gasps) thought he was being respectful. And they felt like he wasn't interested. he was not into it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Imagine getting a handshake at the end of the day. Right? I would be gutted. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I know. It's, it's horrible. But he really thought he was doing the right thing. Yeah. Oh, he thought he was being a gentleman. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. oftentimes it's these tiny tweaks that end up making a huge difference. Oh, my God. So, okay. What has been like, you guys obviously give dating advice to mm-hmm. all of your clients. What is the biggest mistake you see people committing on the first date? I think people are not going in with an open mind. Okay. We say often the person across from you is not your ex. So give them a fair shot Mm -hmm. because a lot of times we'll come in with preconceived notions about what this person is like when they're really not like that. So for example, some women will come to us and say, 
I don't want to date anyone in the entertainment industry. And they have an idea of what that person is. Well, the person across from you could be completely different than the other person in the entertainment industry. Yeah. So give them a fair shot. Mm. So I think going in with an open mind and a clean slate and also be willing to be surprised. I think people are judging too quickly. Okay. So they're already made up their mind by the time they sit down. Especially for women, chemistry can grow. So if you go on a date with someone and they're remotely attractive yeah. and they seem like a nice person, you should really give them another shot. Yeah. Because for us, the chemistry can grow over time. Yeah. It doesn't exactly work that way for men. But for women, I think it's a luxury that on the second, third date, all of a sudden, he's the hottest guy you've ever seen. Yeah. I think it goes both ways for women. We can be, like, insanely attracted to them on the first date. And then on the second, third date, they do a little something. And then you're just like, ew, like, I don't know. Like, I never want to see you again. Uh-huh. You know? It, <laughs> or or it's like, oh, like, not that cute a little <laughs> the hairline's like receding a little mm-hmm. <laughs> and then second or third day you're able to see other qualities where you can look past that exactly yeah you're saying it doesn't work that way for guys no it doesn't the guys pretty much know right away like in the first 15 minutes if they're interested oh wow it's very hard for chemistry to grow for them so we will very rarely push a guy to go on a second date if he wasn't interested on the first date Got it. So what has been like the most common feedback you hear from guys about why they're not into the girl that they went on a date with? Mm -hmm. I would say one piece of feedback that we hear often is the girl is interviewing the guy. So she's trying to find out, is he going to be a good dad? Is he financially stable? She's asking too many questions on the date and he knows what's happening. He knows he's getting interviewed, but also he's not having fun because he's just answering interview questions Mm -hmm. so what's important to remember is especially with online dating people are going on a ton of dates so it's pretty important that you stand out that you're fun and you have you know the ability to have chemistry and just to have light conversation and then you can land a second date but if you're spending the first date interviewing you're not going to get a second date yeah a guy just wants to have fun first and then he thinks about seriousness i think girls want to know right away what like are we wasting our time or not yeah And when we're doing that, we're not present, so we're not fun. So if you're thinking in your head, is he going to be a good dad? Is he going to be good in bed? Where is his family like? Like, you're not present. You're not having fun. Yeah. So when you're working with a matchmaker, we answer all the tough questions for you. But if you're online dating or meeting somebody out in the real world, just get to those questions later. Your, Your job on the first date is to see if there's chemistry and just try to have fun. Yeah. How lighthearted should we keep things? Like, there's a point where, you know, like, in the real world, without your guys' help, there's a point where we're like, okay, like, at this point, what is actually happening? So, right, yeah. Well, the first few dates, just have fun. Okay. So, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Music, podcasts. Yeah. Art. Yeah. Travel. And then you can start adding in those questions on the second, third, and fourth date. So, you can... But not all at once, right? Not all at once. No way. Like, you figure out what is the most important thing for you to understand on this date, and that's the question you get. (laughs) You go into every date strategically, you guys. (laughs) Yeah, and the same with baggage. Like, everybody has baggage. It does Mm -hmm. not need to come out on the first date. You sprinkle that out. You could drop a little piece on every day yeah. if you really want. <laughs> I know. Just like a little like teaser for what's to come. But some people will go on the dates and they'll think to themselves, I'm going to get this all out because if they are not cool with me with all this baggage and it's not worth yeah. the time. But 
it's actually not the right way to think <laughs> about it. You should get them hooked first, and then you sprinkle yeah, in the bag. Yeah, so then they can stay. I have been on the receiving end of it, of, of like that kind of like so open, like they're open and tell me all the traumas. I'm also notorious for being the girl that has a first date that lasts like seven hours. What do you think about that? Not a fan. Not a fan? Okay. That seven-hour date could have been three dates. We tell the clients, go grab a drink, 45 minutes to an hour, and if okay. you like each other, then go on a second date. Some people go rogue and they do these seven-hour dates, <laughs> but you're giving too much information on the first date when yeah. really that could be three separate exciting dates. Mm-hmm. So keep some mystery. Yeah. Probably if you're going on a seven-hour date, you're turning into a therapist. If they're telling yes. all of this information, they're divulged. For sure. Yeah. You know how when you talk to somebody with so much trauma, you feel like you're in another dimension of the universe and you're just like, am I high right <laughs> <Yeah>. now? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is it happening? Is overload. Yeah, yes. it was a lot. It's then, very hard to have a romantic connection when you're hearing about all the trauma yeah, yeah a lot of trauma and I'm like I should have like gotten paid for that kind of you know <laughs> yeah. like I don't know and maybe if you had gone on a few light dates with him that information wouldn't have bothered you yeah. on the fourth fifth date because yeah. you're already interested like, I like you yeah have you ever had a client that like you didn't know that the one they were setting them up with was like narcissistic traits like have you have you ever had that kind of issue or do you guys vet that out when you guys do the interview we do our best to vet it out okay we ask a ton of questions and on the back end we have all these notes where we communicate with each other so the matchmakers can all see but sometimes it doesn't come out for for many months yeah as we learn more about the people that are in our system Mm -hmm. we're adding information on the back end so that way if another matchmaker like is thinking about matching, we have all the information we need. Because, I mean, there's, you know, love bombing. That's no. Very, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so you go on, like, this very first date with a guy, and then he's, like, already, like, trying to call you his girlfriend. He's doing oh, all that's... of the above. And then you're just kind of over here, like, I am not doing any. Have you ever yeah. heard well, from we, a client? We hear a lot about, not from our clients, but mm-hmm. outside, mosting. <laughs> Which sounds really similar. It's basically ghosting on crack. Okay. So it's that. You go on a date with a guy and the guy's like, I can't wait to bring you home to my mom. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're going to make the cutest babies. But then you never hear from him again. Yeah. Like what the, f- what is that? That's, <laughs> that's an illness. It's an illness. <laughs> I know. There's so much packed into that. Yeah. But it's something, and it completely messes with your mind because you yeah. think, whoa, this could be my soulmate. He's mm-hmm. so in love with me. And then you just don't hear from him again. Yeah. What I've learned to the ladies listening is the more they do on the first date is equivalent to how fast they're about to, like, disappear. The more mm-hmm. they do on the first date, it's like they're not going to last very long. Yeah. I'm such a believer in the slow burn. Yeah. I think that you these things happen over time. So mm-hmm. if you feel crazy butterflies on the first date, oftentimes run yeah like that's not, not exactly what you should be feeling if you have anxiety and you're not really sure what he's thinking about me not a good sign yeah <laughs> <laughs> but if he seems just like a nice good stable guy yeah. give him another shot and another shot and another shot and then all of a sudden you're in love with him yeah yeah because attraction for us like you said does not 
usually happen on the very first date. And another interesting thing that we found is about half of the clients who go on to get married through us Mm -hmm. marry someone outside of their criteria. So they come to us and they say, here's what I'm looking for. We match them with someone a little bit different Mm -hmm. and they go on to get married. So if they were swiping, they would swipe past that person because that's not what they were focused on. But because we're meeting these people and we're really getting to know them and we're their advocates, we're able to say, hey, we met this guy. He's so amazing. He doesn't Mm -hmm. have this thing that you're looking for, but he has these other things. And then they go on and fall in love. What is your guys' like success rate, if I could ask? Yeah, we have a ton of marriages and engagements, uh-huh. and we have three-day roll babies. And Oh, my God. It is so exciting. But it's sometimes hard to track people years out. Right. We found out a couple recently got married, had twins, and never told us. Oh, my God. So we track people while they work with us, uh-huh. and 70% are dating someone at the end that they like. Mm-hmm. So that might mean a ninth date because we're calculating while they work with us for either three or six months. But they're finding chemistry with someone and half the clients send another client. So they are referring somebody else to join our service. Yeah. So you guys work with each person, not each couple, right? Right. So one person is the client. Uh If there are two clients that are a match, they take priority. Mm -hmm. But one person is the client and then we can match them with anyone we want in our system or even people we meet outside. Mm -hmm. So we had a couple that got engaged over the weekend. She was the client and he, we met, he was judging a startup competition and we approached him after and set them up. So we didn't necessarily ask him to become a client and pay. Uh We just set them up. Yeah. That's something that you guys do different too, is you guys recruit outside of your database. Oh yeah. We are little recruiters on the ground. We are so (laughs) shameless. We'll approach people anywhere. Really? What is the weirdest place you've had to approach somebody? I would say the weirdest situation, which I'll tell you, but I think it's illegal, is we were at Chipotle and we saw this hot guy Uh. and we didn't get him in time. He left. And so we hopped in our car and we followed him to his apartment (laughs) complex and we gave him a card. So probably illegal, but (laughs) so worth it. You're like you're like you on Netflix, but like for a good cause. <laughs> exactly. We'll cha- we chased a fire truck one time. Shut up, really? But we'll approach people at Whole Foods at yoga. <laughs> Once we know what our clients are looking for, yeah. I'm working with a woman right now. She's six one. So anytime I see a guy a who's over guy. six feet tall, I have to approach him. That's <laughs> like I can't miss the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Every time you approach somebody on the street, you have a client in mind for them, or. For the most part, yes. So we, we're looking for something pretty specific, and we'll see that person, and we'll make a beeline to oh approach them. Oh, my God. Them. So do you guys have, like, a cap on how many clients you take on personally? Because that's a lot mm-hmm. to keep track of. Yes, we definitely do have a okay. cap. So each matchmaker works with about 15 clients at a time. So, for example, right now, we're full. So we're signing clients for, like, mid-February. So okay. we only allow the matchmakers to take on a certain amount of clients at a time. Yeah, because then they have to follow up with the clients and they have to keep track of all exactly. the ongoings. Yeah. Like we might meet 15 people before we send you one match. There's a lot of work that goes on the back end interviewing potential matches. So we need to make sure we have plenty of time for that. Yeah. Okay. So what is like the biggest advice you could give to single women? My advice for women really is to be proactive. Okay. I think don't be shy ladies don't be shy (laughs) don't wait around I think that times have changed it used to be where 
we were traditional mm-hmm. and we'd have to wait around for a guy to ask us out. But I think those times are, have changed. And okay. if you are waiting around, you might miss an opportunity. So I think that if you see somebody, do your best. Talk yeah. to him. <laughs> and it's so hard. So a really easy way to practice is just to talk to random strangers in public. Like okay. Even if you're not attracted to them at all, just yeah. approach a random person Chit chat nice. about something and practice doing that so that when the time comes where a cute guy walks in, you're more comfortable. Yeah, you're like ready. So, okay, with these practice conversations, can I go up to like other women, you think, or does it have to be other guys? Just someone that, that makes you nervous. So oh, okay. if it's really easy for you to walk up to another girl, <laughs> yeah, hey girl. <laughs> it's not going to help that much. But if okay. you, you're walking up to a stranger, maybe you're in an elevator and that is uncomfortable, just yeah. strike up a conversation with the person there. Elevator rides are always usually so awkward, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> a random person walks in and you're just like... <laughs> yeah, you, we're so trained to look down at our phones yes, when we're uncomfortable. We so practice putting your phone away and talking to people the way we used to talk to them that's very true that's a good tip everybody turns to their phone the minute they're alone so true think of all the opportunities you're missing when you're completely closed off no one will ever approach you if your head's down in your phone you're basically saying don't talk to me yeah that's true and there's a time and a place for that but not when you're trying to meet somebody right so then if your head's always down in your phone then the opportunity for you to meet someone is online. Yeah. You've narrowed it down to that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's on your fucking phone, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> looking at it all day. So last question before we get to our weekly end of the show segment. What has been the most common dating deal breakers you hear from a guy about why they never want to see a girl again? I would say like the most common theme for guys is they'll come back and say they weren't attracted. But that's not something that you really can change. Yeah. But what they'll usually say is there wasn't a spark. Okay. And it's hard for them to articulate exactly what that means. But I think that it goes hand in hand what we were saying before. Like if you're not fun and excited on the date, then they're not going to feel the spark with you. So if you're interviewing or you're monologuing, they're not going to have fun. You're acting like their mom. Yeah. I would say those are the types of things. I mean, they don't want to hear about your job the whole time. They want you to ask questions. Yeah. It should be a dialogue. But yeah. the most common thing we hear is no spark. Got it. Guys. Got it. So keep it light and keep it fun. I think as women, when we start to panic about building a family or getting married or having kids and all this stuff, it takes the fun away from the dating. And then it makes everything so much worse mm-hmm. when you actually do go on these dates with these incredible guys. And they're like, I don't even know if I like you yet they can feel the desperation if you are on a time crunch and Mm -hmm. you need to have a child in a certain amount of time or be married by a certain amount of time sometimes the women are asking that straight up on the dates like when do you want to have a baby when do you want to get married that is such a buzzkill you don't even know if you like him yet right also girls I think could work on giving the guys the benefit of the doubt okay sometimes girls will come back and say he was supposed to call me at 7 o'clock, and he didn't even call me till 7.30. Now I'm done. He's not my guy. Give uh, the guy a break. We yeah. always say give him the benefit of the doubt at least until the first date. Like okay. If he's a few minutes late picking you up or he didn't organize the most perfect restaurant, like mm-hmm. just give him Relax. a break. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> we are excellent at multitasking. We can yeah. do things at the same time. So we can be at work and think about the guy and plan our outfit. They're not like that. They go to work and then after, then they think about the date. So they might not reach out to you with where you're going until five o'clock 
And that's okay. When they're planning the date. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's so funny. It's a lot of these differences in men and women that really affect our dynamic. Right. So if you're aware, we're obviously so different. Yeah. If you're aware of that, then it makes everything not as big of a deal. Yeah. Okay. So every week we do a weekly segment called Weekly Weakness, and it's all about your favorite thing of the moment. So it could be like a product or a book, a TV show a resource like a podcast or anything like that what is your favorite thing right now i would say running a company is pretty stressful yeah (laughs) i bet so i'm really loving box union it's a boxing class oh let out all that aggression it's amazing it's like therapy and when you get out you're a new person yeah into boxing. Have you tried Rumble? I haven't tried it yet. I know. I haven't tried it either, but I do want to try Box Union now that you've talked about it. It's so, and they box to the beat of the music. So oh, everyone's on the same punches and it's, it's so awesome. I'm a big group fitness person. You just get the energy from other people's vibes. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Talia, for You're coming welcome. to me today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Before we leave, tell the listeners where they can find you. Yes, so you can find me on Instagram. I'm Talia Golds mm-hmm. or Three Day Rule. You spell it out T H R E E D A Y R U L E. And anyone can sign up for free to be in our database. So it's threedayroll.com. You don't even have to be a paying client. Anyone can sign up to okay. just be in our system. Love it. Okay, thank you so much. I had so much fun and I learned so much. There's so many good tips and tricks in here. <laughs> and I can't wait for the listeners to hear this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Talia Goldstein. If you guys enjoyed this episode or any other previous episodes, go ahead and give me five stars on iTunes. Hit that subscribe button and I would really, really appreciate it. Have a wonderful weekend, you guys. Stay safe. I'll be right here with you to provide you weekly quarantine content. See you guys next Friday. Bye.